Live radio. Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me. And they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Well, hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and I am so glad to have you here with me today. Well, before I begin the show, I think I need to give you guys a warning, okay? So you need to stand back away from your radio and your computer. Like, go back a little bit more and a little bit more, because Tanya Hoffman is here, and she's like a weather system. She's a full gale force, full of energy, and she's just possibly blow you right out of your seat. So you're going to want to just, you know, hang back a little bit. <laughs> Let me tell you about her. Tanya is the CEO and founder of the Public Speakers Association. She is the host of Tanya Hoffman's fabulous TV show. She's globally sought after speaker, best-selling international author of seven books. She's a winner of four major awards like the E-Women Network Conference Business Matchmaker of the Year and Global Mentorship Award from the EBC or Evolutionary Business Council. She's featured on no less than five magazine covers. She's also been an entrepreneur of epic proportions and one of the most connected individuals you are ever going to hear about or meet if you're lucky. Please meet Tanya Hoffman. Welcome. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, Tanya's in the house. I love it. (laughs) I'm so impressed with myself. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Are you like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Were my words. Oh, there they are. <laughs> so, you know what I love about you? you you've you got two rules for people who want to hang with you. Why don't you tell us what they are? Uh, I love my rules because I love when I have to kick them out, you know, because it's like so much fun. But the first rule is you have to be nice. No mean, grumpy, negative people ever allowed. And then the other one is no perfect people, please. So how perfect, <laughs> imperfectly perfect is that? You have to be nice and you can't be perfect. Like how many of us fit into that category? Me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah, so many people. And that is, is just so great because like you are like one of the most impressive uh, business people, uh, you know, out there in the world today. And and you're asking for imperfection. Wow. Yeah, because it's reality, right? And it's yeah. so much more fun. <laughs> It truly is. It truly is. But this is Mission Unstoppable, and we want to talk about how you got to be unstoppable. And we're going to talk about all the unstoppable, amazing things that Tanya does. But I like to take us back to the very beginning, little Tanya Hoffman, when she was playing with, I don't know, in the dirt with her dogs, with whatever, bought dolls. What was she thinking? Like, what was home life like for you, little Tanya? Ah, you know, everyone always thinks that whatever we look like today, this is the way we've always been. (laughs) And I wish that was the reality. But, you know, this challenges. You know, I have a a dyslexia. Um, My whole family has it. My children, my sister. Uh 
And, um, and so, you know, that comes with uh, special challenges, especially speech and writing, reading, all that kind of fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, then you couple that with a home life. You know, most of the men in my family were not nice and some oh. of them incredibly um, destructive. So hence and the nice people only. Exactly. You know, at, at some point you realize that, you know, dysfunctional doesn't even describe your family. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at some point, yeah, you're like, you know, at some point you've got to look at it and go, okay, that was the past. Right. Um, you know, it's, you know, who, you know, you were born into, but does not define who you're going to be. Exactly. And that's really, that's really astute and really mature thinking. A lot of people, you know, still blame their moms and their fathers and whatever, you know, mommy did this to me. But, you know, there comes a point where you become an adult and you go, I'm going to take ownership for how I act in the world. And it doesn't matter what they did anymore. Right? Well, and even, even for a child, you know, a lot of what, um, my grandfather was a pedophile and they'll just lay it out there, people. Sure. Um, you know, and part of me you know, I was so desperate for love and attention. Um, I would still gravitate to him because he Mm -hmm. did give me attention, even though it was unwanted. So part of it is, you know, we don't want to blame children, but a part of it is something that I was wanting, but yet I didn't want it, you know? So it's kind of this. Uh, You didn't get, I mean, that wasn't your fault. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You didn't receive what you needed as a child and that's okay. Um, Well, it's not okay, but it's okay that you know, we all know that it's not your fault. You know, we, right. we're we all going to gravitate towards the things that we need or feel like we want in the world that give us comfort, you know? Exactly. And love is a biggie in the world. So that's huge. So you, um, Grandpa, lived with you guys or near you? No, but, you know, you still go visit. Sure, you're of still, course. You know, and, you know, things happen. Sure. And this is what I see all over the world. You know, yep. we have all have a part to play in this world. Mm-hmm. And it is never a, you know, paved, nicely smooth road that, you know, you see all the way down to the horizon, you know. <laughs> you didn't just call up the people and say, hey, I'm going to be on your magazine cover this month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you're like, wait a minute, what? How did I get here? You know, it's the craziest. If you had told me I was going to be an international speaker, I'm like, yeah, what? ever you know <laughs> yeah. i can't even read how am i gonna speak <laughs> yeah, yeah i can't even talk right and you want me to you know it's just like the craziest thing especially since i was such an introvert and people have a hard time believing yeah, that that is very hard to believe you got the 2012 award texas award for the the most connected person and how does that person you know come from an introvert Right. I know. I read a quote one time and it really changed my life. You know, sometimes things just hit you at the right time. And it was, you know, life is not about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this whole time I was trying to figure out who I was, find who is Tanya, instead of just going out and making who I wanted to be. So much easier. Oh, my gosh. It was right. Oh. I didn't know I had that option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get to create and, and be the creator of, of who you want to be. And, you know, I mean, Napoleon Hill said you can, if you can conceive it, you can achieve it. And, you know, while that works in business, it also works personally. And, like, if you can conceive the person that you want to be and even model that behavior after somebody that, you know, you admire, then you get to become them eventually. And it, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, you know, I said, like, 
Shakespeare said it, <laughs> you know, all the world's a stage. Um, and, and in my book, I said, well, if you didn't get the right part, choose, get what you want. Tell the director, I didn't like that one. Let's, let's change that up. Right. That's our option. It's our option. And, and you certainly are the epitome of that option. So congratulations. Good for you. Yeah. So, sometimes you actually have to go and choose a different play, right? Yeah. Yeah. Choose a different play or a different role. I didn't like that one. I want to be the star, please. Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, I don't like this horror movie I'm in. Let me go talk. Let me go to that romance novel. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We get to do that. That's, that's cool. So you, you grew up in this dysfunctional, family life and and what how old were you when you laughed did your mom and dad know like at the time things were happening were they aware my mom wasn't um, they had got divorced when I was you know a kid and my dad was in denial obviously he had grown up with it you know it, it wasn't a secret when it all came out when myself and my sister forced people to kind of admit to it yeah most of the family was in total denial. No, 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 no. How and old were you guys when you did that? When we came out and, and forced people, we were 21. Good for you. Wow. Yeah. Were you afraid and, that you would lose everybody? Well, it was, we were so upset at the time. It was like that moment of we've got to make a change. We yeah. have got to bring this out. And, um, and it was kind of, force he had just you know did something to one of my cousins and so it was all kind of coming out and so we just forced the issue and that whole side of the family most of them walked away from us it was easier for them to deny it than to admit it and to do something about it that's really brave you know so congratulations to you for doing that because that is like really a brave thing to do and you know what if they walked away like you said in one of your speeches, I think, you know, who needs them anyway, right? Focus on yeah. the people who do love you and do want you. Why focus on the ones that don't? Yeah, and can't? it's really hard for people to admit to something in their past that they don't want to admit to, you know, because yeah. then they have to admit to what happened to them. They have to admit what they allowed to happen, right, mm-hmm. you know. And so I totally get it looking back. I understand why my grandmother stayed with him. I mean, mm-hmm. she had never finished high school. She had never worked a day in her life. She only had, you know, her children and, and stayed at home. So what was she going to do? Yeah. You know, so the 21 year old outed the family <laughs> <laughs> and where did you go from there? Cause I know what happened to you by the time you hit 25, but what, between 21 and 20, 25, where did you go? What did you do? I went to college. I, um, told my dad that when I, my stepdad, when I was graduating from high school, of course, you know, I was probably, I tried to always make up for the things in my past by being the best little girl girl that I could possibly be. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, honor student. Oh my goodness. And so when it came to graduation, I was like, so what do I do with my life now? Do I go to college? What do I do? And my dad looked, my stepdad looked at me and he was like, you're a girl. Just go get married, have babies, and have uh, someone support you. No. And I'm like, well, that didn't work for my aunts and my mother and my grandmother. So why would I do that? You know? Yeah. So I, I just put myself through college, and that's where I met my husband. And he proved to me that men could be awesome. They could be loving. They could be caring. They didn't have to belittle or hit or be mean. Yeah. And um, that's Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
awesome yeah i mean it's almost like taking a line right out of right out of her song but it's true they they don't and that's wonderful i'm so happy that you got to meet him in college we are going to go to a commercial break and we are talking to tanya hoffman and you know amazing (laughs) say it for us come on fabulous (laughs) (laughs) but when we come back we're going to talk all things tanya more tanya don't go anywhere because you are listening to mission unstoppable radio and she is definitely one major unstoppable woman in this world on this here we go that's right don't stop listening mission unstoppable with coach frankie picasso will continue right after these messages Did you ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law? You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. When the critters get restless here in the apple tree of weirdness, there's only one thing that calms them down. It's the sounds of astronetradio.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Runners are frequently plagued with injuries, aches, and pains. Much of these injuries can be traced to how they are landing on their feet when they run. When a runner lands on their heels, it sends forces up to three times their weight through their body. In the journal Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise, it was recently reported that runners who land on the ball of their foot are 40% less likely to have repetitive stress injuries than those who touch down heel first. When a runner lands on their forefoot, the impact is barely measurable. Shape Magazine says to land on the outer ball of your foot behind the second to last and pinky toes. After the front of the foot hits, let your heel naturally touch down, then push off with your toes again to begin the next step. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. All right, and we're back. Mission Unstoppable Radio. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. Still am. And my guest today is Tanya Hoffman. <laughs> uh, if you have um, YouTube, and I know that you do, you need to listen to her fabulous radio show or TV sh- radio. No, TV. Come on. Frankie, get it together. I told you I was going to flub it now. That- <laughs> her fabulous TV show. Uh, I was honored to be a guest one day, and it was it was so much fun. She's so good. Um so you went to college, you met your husband, and at 25, you bought a science and nature store called Gray Matter. I did, and it was hilariously crazy. <laughs> did you study business in college? What, did, what was your major? 
I majored in literature. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Basket weaving. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, it was so funny because I've always, since I was a kid, I always wanted to own my own business. Yeah. And this couple owned this small little science and nature store. And um, they were trying to sell it because they wanted to move to Hawaii. And my husband and I, you know, we had just gotten married. And, um, they looked at these two young 25-year-olds, and they convinced us to buy it, and we were so excited and didn't know what the heck we were doing, and we had to did figure out. Did you have an why. interest in science and nature, or did you change the store up? Like, No, no, yeah, we, we love science and nature, and we even got was one of the very first people to bring in, like, natural products, because back then, you know, it was definitely sure. not the thing to do, and um it was a lot of fun. You know, the kids were amazing. You know, you could just see these just amazing little people that were going to love something and create yeah. real movement, you know, in the science and nature realm. You know, one little boy who loved bugs. I mean, he would spend oh. all of his money buying a new bug. And oh, my gosh. I know his his grandmother was just, you know, flabbergasted. He would spend $100 on, uh, you know, a big Like a live dog. bug? A real one? No, they were all oh. – you know, dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it was crazy because people always think, you know, it's impossible to sell things and blah, yeah. blah, blah. we sold dead cockroaches, everyone, <laughs> for a dollar. People bought dead cockroaches. Oh so wow. yeah. You can sell. You, know, you can sell anything. <laughs> when I was in high school, I had a science project, and I had to I had to pin a whole bunch of dead bugs to yep. a piece of styrofoam. I made my mom do it. <laughs> we and would I made do a, a lot of those. Period there too. Yeah, that was pretty funny actually. Oh yeah, my people gosh! Would, people would spend like a couple hundred dollars on bugs because wow. they didn't want to have to go find it, or they waited to the last minute and couldn't find any bugs. You know, so yeah, it was always great. <laughs> And you guys were so successful, you started a second location in Houston by the time you are 27. Yeah, we and were doing about a million dollars a year. Now, none of it was really coming home. Yeah. <laughs> that's called retail, but, <laughs> you know, that's just kind of the reality of, you know, some businesses. So by the time you were 32, you traveled across Texas as a wholesale sales rep for 30 manufacturers. Now, what kind of business, all different kinds of businesses or the similar manufacturing? Well, they were all, you know, gift items. So okay. you would travel to a little mom and pop or a larger, you know, box store, like a grocery store, mm -hmm. and you would go through your lines. And I had 30 different lines from mm -hmm. teddy bears to candles to, you know, whatever they needed. And now you know, were you I still the shy Tanya then or? Yeah, you know, I was trying to come out of my shell, but, and I, and I was used to selling because I, you know, sold in my retail stores. Sure. But, you know, it was different because it was one-on-one. -on -one. You'd walk in. They were already accepting you because, you know, you had things that they needed to bring in. Sure. And I always – they loved me because I always told them the truth. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, stay away from those because, you know, those aren't selling. Or, oh, you got to get these. Everyone's buying these, you know. Yeah. And they appreciate yeah. that. Did you take any classes or courses in, in like assertiveness or something to overcome shyness or anything? No. You know, the way I really – overcame it all is by doing. Yeah. So really in 2005, when I started um, a marketing company um, that was going to be all online, I realized I had to go out and do cold calling, which I was kind of used to doing by the end for the, mm -hmm. you know, the wholesale industry. Sure. Um, but when I, you know, would 
go to a networking group and I was like, people would just like rush up to you to give you their business card. I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. So 2005, I wrote down everything that scared me. I mean, it was ridiculous. The things I just, whatever came into my mind that like, you know, walk up to a man in a tie. Oh my gosh. You know? And so, so <laughs> I know, and I would just wow. do it. So yeah. I went through the whole year doing everything that was on that list. That's really interesting. I mean, in coaching terms, we would call it a bold request. So you, you gave yourself bold requests to go out and do the things that, that scared you. That's awesome. And it got easier, right? Because you sure. realized that everything that's in your head was just BS. In your head. Yeah. Yeah. So and if people are listening today and they're going, oh my God, I, I want to be like Tanya, but I'm so afraid to, you know, show my face. I used to be, I was afraid to show my face really until this year, until I went on your TV show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Now that I know that we will get you on again. <laughs> I didn't want to be, I didn't want people, I thought people would stare at me. I didn't want people looking at me. Like it, you know, it, It's a weird thing, right? But it's yeah. true. I mean, radio was safe. I could be in my PJs. I didn't have to, you know, didn't yeah. matter. Didn't matter. Well, it is. It's that also that realization that you know, my whole thing was, well, why would someone want to listen to me? Why would I be in front of a room? Why would, you know, why would say? someone, yeah, I'm just little Tanya. Why would people listen to me? And then I started listening to the people that were actually in front of the room and talking and speaking. And I'm like, well, they don't know what they're talking about. So I can yeah. definitely do, you know, <laughs> get up there and, and at least teach people something, you know. So when did, when did this love, I'm going to call it a love, because I think it is a love or a passion for speaking start for you. Like when did, like yeah. when you were doing wholesale stuff or like, when did it all kind of come together for you? So when I started networking and I created the, the marketing company, I joined 52 networking groups in Austin, wow, Texas. Wow. Are you uh -huh. kidding me? I know. How People many did you like, show up to? <laughs> I know. And, and that's the crazy part because I just, I literally networked morning, noon, and night trying to make this, you know, marketing business happen. And then I started realizing that, wow, I don't like the way this group does it. Or boy, that group is mean. Or, you know, I don't even like those people. Why do I go to that group? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I said, what if I don't just, you know, do my own? I said, but man, I, that means I have to stand in front of 20 people every week. Mm. And I said, well, that would get me over my shyness of standing in front of the room. Yeah. And so I forced myself every Friday morning at eight o'clock to stand in front of people. And that's how I started getting over that you know, why would they want to listen to me syndrome? Right. And then I turned that into a statewide networking group organization with 20 groups and then sold it in 2011. So you can, you know, whatever you set up yourself to do, do it big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it takes as much effort, right? To dream big or yeah. small. Yeah, yeah. To launch something big or small, same effort, really. It's just, you know, you're playing with different numbers. Exactly. And it's yeah. more fun, you know, because then you really can make a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives. But you have to get over that not everyone's going to like you, that there's going to be people that are ugly and mean. Yes. You know, you've got to get over all of that. But the, the interesting thing is, you know, with you and your group and everything is that you're not asking people for things like you, you really epitomize that. Um, Ivan Meisner, you know, told me that many years ago when I interviewed him about BNI, he goes, you know, you can't ask for business until you have a relationship. You don't like offer, what can I do for you at least four or five times until, you know, you, you say, hey, 
this, you know, I do this or, uh, what do you think? People do the premature ask, don't you think? Like, hi, Tanya. Um, I want to be on your radio show. Hi, Tanya. Can I be a speaker on your thing? Hi, Tanya. Can I, you know, and they don't even know you yet. Yeah, and I and I did it all wrong too. So this is what people have to realize is that we all go through the progression. We all start off with me, 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 me mentality because yes. that's what we usually learn growing up, you know. Mm-hmm. And at some point you start realizing, well, if I focus on the other person first and then I get what I want eventually. And you also find out who you don't really want to deal with because you get their reaction to what, right. you know, what you're asking them, how can you help? Right. And, you know, some people, you know, they go, oh, you can't help me, <laughs> right? Or they think there's an ulterior motive or they think something weird's going on. But really, you know, when you offer to help people, it's a really gracious, beautiful thing. And you learn about them and what they what they're up to. And whether, like you said, if you want to be involved with that or not, or can be. But well, you're a connector and you can connect them to other people. Well, and that's the point is that a lot of times people are like, oh, Tanya, how can I help you? Because they, they're taught to do that, right. right? They're taught to say, how can I help you? But you have no idea. I don't know you. I don't know how you can help me. So the whole right. point is then you have to go at it with already knowing how you can help somebody. And a lot of times it's about listening to them. Close your mm-hmm. mouth open your ears and then listen to what they actually have to tell you about them. That way you can figure out, Oh, who can I connect them to? How can I really help them? Yeah. It's interesting. So who's teaching it wrong? Are they teaching it wrong in school? Like at college? Like where are they teaching this wrong? Like when you're two years old, (laughs) I want, I want, I want. I I think a lot of the speakers, you know, are, you know, especially those who talk about networking and um, how to connect with people, They're like, you know, ask people, you know, how you can help, which is really great. But the problem is nobody knows who you are and how you can really help them. So you have to figure out how to help people. And a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know how I can help people. That's the problem is because you haven't really thought through, you know, and really get to know somebody. You have to get to know people. You have to build relationships, you know, open up your heart. And really right. care about people. And I think that's where it's lacking nowadays is everyone wants a transaction instead of a relationship. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I'm just thinking, oh, we're going to go to commercial in a minute, but I'm just thinking about maybe we can talk about when we come back. How do you have a relationship? How do you start a relationship? I mean, everybody's busy. Everybody's in business. Everybody's networking. Everybody's trying to. But, you know, I do have a, a genuine interest in getting to know you. And now we don't. Obviously, we don't live in the same. Not you and I, but let's say you and I, I, we don't live in the same town. I live in different countries. So do we go for virtual teas and coffees online? Like, is that what people do? Well, that's always good because you do need to kind of get to know people, but it's also about actually helping them. Mm -hmm. So the more you help somebody, you know, so if, um, you know, my friend Teresa DeGrobois, she has a huge organization, the Evolutionary Business Council. So I'm constantly sending people to her. She's constantly sending people to me. We're building this relationship of always being in front of each other. Perfect. Perfect segue. We're going to a commercial, and when we come back, we'll include you some more. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. It's Mission Unstoppable Radio. That's right. Don't stop late. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Hiya, kiddies. Sergeant Mambo here reminding you, you're listening to AstroNetRadio.com. 
next time your parents or grandparents complain about walking to school uphill both ways, you can tell them about a village in China where getting to school is a real adventure. In the mountainous Sichuan province, children have to get to school from their tiny village of Atular by rappelling, abseiling, and clambering down a 2,500-foot cliff. Using ropes and bamboo ladders to scale this one-half-mile-high Brachtumic, the journey is so difficult that the school children ages 6 to 15 only return home every two weeks. What's the word for the fear of heights? Hypsophobia. A new set of steel stairs is now being considered to help make the journey to school safer. By the way, a Brachtumic is a hill so steep it hurts the stomach of anyone who tries to climb it. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. To lose or maintain your weight, it's valuable to know how many calories you're burning during your exercise. Discovery Health revealed the amount of calories that were approximately burned with these certain exercises. Of course, there are many factors such as your weight, age, speed, etc., that make a difference in the total calories burned, but these are estimates. For a 30-minute workout, you will burn 252 calories by ice skating. Rowing will torch 280 calories, while kayaking will burn 170 calories. Playing tennis will burn 250 to 300 calories, and basketball, 288 calories. Swimming will burn 360 calories, but running is the big winner at 450 calories burned. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. It's Mission Unstoppable Radio. Tanya Hoffman is my guest today. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso, and you guys know who you are. You're our listeners, and we're so happy to have you. Tanya is amazing, as we said, and she's full of energy, and I wanted to ask her because I think a lot of people want to be like you. Do you consciously get up in the morning and go, I am going to be positive today? Is that your natural state? Or is it something that you've consciously learned to um, maneuver into? Well, I gravitate to the negative, and most people do. do. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a very it's a big attraction, and mm-hmm. I can easily go that direction. So I have forced myself not to. That's why I started surrounding myself with positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, movers and shakers and people with big visions because I want to stay on that track and not go back into, you know, that depression and woe is me and look what's happened, you know, all that. So yeah, I, when I, it's not, you know, now it's a lot easier. Um, It took me a while and I would just have to do this, you know, stop, you know, every time I would start thinking negative, I would have to just tell myself stop and, um, try to look at the positive and things. Um, and now things don't bother me as much, you know, even when, you know, my house was just destroyed by a water pipe bust. Oh and, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so it literally it was raining in the inside of our house oh, and geez. the guys were all packing everything and taking everything out. And, and he comes out, he was so cute with young little, you know, he was like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. He goes, oh my gosh, you really must be a motivational speaker because he had all my books, you know, that yeah, were so yeah. wet. And he was like, you must be because you're so happy. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't see that I'm happy right now, but I'm glad you think I am. 
I guess most people would be stomping around swearing. Or yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. Be, like I'm like you. I like to surround myself with positive people. And I really do think that, the, you know, there's a lot of positivity in the world. And that's one reason I started, you know, the good radio. But the more you hang out with positive people, do you, and you travel a lot. I know that you do. And you meet a lot of people. Most people would say, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's so depressing. It's so negative. But do you feel like we're even on the score of po- like positive versus negative? Because I don't think a lot of people yeah. meet positive people, and I don't think they hear a lot about positivity. Well, because they're hanging around the wrong people. Yeah. People that I go to, I mean, what they're doing is just amazing. The people that that they're helping, the positiveness that's in this world, I mean, it is really life-changing. And if you can get involved, I mean, just go and hang out with someone who is starting a nonprofit and see what they're doing for people. You know, be a part of people's amazingness and you will see how generally nice most people in this world are and how giving and caring, you know, and then there's people who flub it up Yeah, and you just get away from those people. Don't hang out with those people. Don't even interact with those people. You know, if you get, and it's all your decision, right? If you get somebody who's being ugly to you, it's your decision what you're going to do about it. Yeah. You know, I get an email and it's something ugly. I simply send an email back saying, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Don't give them the ammunition. You don't engage. Yeah, exactly. Don't engage or just don't even respond. You yeah. know, um, you just simply disengage from the negativity. Don't listen to the radio. Don't listen to all the negativity out there because yeah. a lot of it is spun that way. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's there for you to be like <gasps> glued to the TV. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. It's news. They have to make news. And so they create it instead of creating good news. They create, you know, horrible, stupid news. Right. Um which brings us to your public speakers association, because I bet they're, you know, well, with your rules, they have to be nice people and they have to be imperfect people. <laughs> so, I'm sure there's a lot of nice people hanging out there. As a matter of fact, one of them said to say hello to you today. And that was Craig Debecki. He said, Tanya's going to be on your show. Please say hello to her for me. So I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is the crazy part of, our lives, right, is that there's real opportunity for you to go and change somebody's life. So why aren't you stepping up? Why aren't you making that your goal? And I love what you say, change it, change the world from the front of the room. If you've got an idea or something to say, you know, who are you saying it to? Mm -hmm. Say it to people who, who, who can help you, you know, with your mission. So, You've told me that you don't have to be, you know, a great speaker or you don't have to um, right. to be somebody in quotes. Okay. I got my I got my quotes going here. You don't have to be somebody uh, in order to join. So yes. who are you looking for to join? Like who anybody that has something to say or like is there there must be some qualifications? Well, for me, it's so okay. Let's really talk about this, right? Yeah, so yeah. Let's, there's let's get right. Let's get, get let's get juicy. So when you look at speakers, yep. the people that are drawn to 
a speaker are usually the ones that are not perfect from stage, mm-hmm. right? When I first started, I'm going to be a speaker. You know, I listened to all of, you know, the big guys yeah. and I didn't like what I was hearing. So I went and found, um, I don't even can't remember now how I found it, but I found some raw footage from those guys. Oh. And, uh, what was amazing is they did all the mistakes that I did, right? They would mess up on stage. They would say the mm-hmm. wrong word. They would forget what they were going to say. They would trip. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if they're doing that and people love them and they're making millions, there's hope for me. <laughs> right, right. And so what I found is as the moment that I gave up the perfection and trying to make everything perfect is the moment that everything exploded and everything became amazing. Wow. So that's when I've created the imperfect rule is when I realized that the more imperfect I was, the more relatable I am. Yeah. Everybody everybody can relate to that. I mean, first of all, the number one fear in the world is, is standing up and talking in front of people, right? Well, we it's not that. really because the real fear is what the people are thinking. Right. Right. It's not the standing up. It's the OMG. What do you, they may think, oh, what, my teeth, oh, my hair, oh, my, oh, this. Yeah. Oh. And it's yeah. all internal. Right. Because people are always looking at it as the me, 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 instead of how can I give real value to them? How can I change their lives? So when you stop focusing on yourself, because realistically people, people don't care that much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So once you let go of that and you're really there to change somebody, then none of that matters anymore. Even if, you know, you got something green in your teeth from stage, nobody can see it. So I, I think that people generally in an audience, in my in my you know experience, they are always, you know, rooting for you to do well. Well, you got to look at 25 percent of the people in there do not like you. Okay. They don't care for you. They don't like what you're saying. They, you may remind them of an old girlfriend or a friend <laughs> that they don't like or, you know, there's something about you that they just don't like. Yeah. And so that's what I used to do is look at that and go, oh, my gosh, how can I change those people? What yeah. can I do that would make them happy? Yeah. Why, <laughs> why don't they, what is there not to like, you know? Yeah. Instead of looking at 25% of the people love you, they just adore you. They just want to be a part of you and part of anything that you're doing. So focus on that top 25%, right? Yeah. 50% haven't decided yet. Yeah. And so those are the people that you bring into social media or your email list and let them decide. And if they decide to go to that bottom, great. Let them go. Because realistically, the people that don't like you, guess what? You don't like them either. True. So who cares? Who needs Let them, them go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weed, weed out the weeds. And, and people always ask me, they're like, well, who's your favorite speaker? Right? Because uh-huh. they're thinking, you know, Tony Robbins or sure. this person or that person. And I'm like, my favorite person was a lady who was on my virtual summit for the Public Speaker Association. So we do it every month. And she had never done a presentation before, ever, ever, ever. Oh, and wow. I, her subject matter was really awesome. And I'm like, you have got to get on this summit. So she agreed. We put it on the calendar. 
And she called me every day trying to back out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Good for you. And so she showed up and I wasn't even sure if she was actually going to show up. What was her topic? Or, you know, I don't even remember now. Okay. It, it was good though. And yeah. so she started and the poor thing, I introduced her and she started. And within two sentences, she started to hyperventilate. Oh, and she grabbed her water. She's like, ah, ah, and, nom, 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 nom. and then she started again. She did a couple more and she was starting to hyperventilate. Ah, ah, and it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back, the whole 25 minutes. Oh my gosh. Now, normally people on a show, especially a live show like that, drop off, you know? Yeah. But out of the 25 people, Probably about 20 of them stayed on. And I don't know if they were just there to root her on or if she was, you know, they wanted to see the train wreck or what, right? Yeah, 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 the train wreck. But they stayed on. <laughs> and then at the end, she let, I was like, I came back on. I congratulated her, stopped the recording. And she let out the biggest yippee, right? Oh. And, I mean, you just feel all that energy come out of her body. And she was so excited that she did it. She was so proud of herself, and then the lines lit up, and people were like, congratulations, that was amazing, because her content was great. Yeah. It was just getting over that fear. But do you know she called me two weeks later and told me that she made $5,000 wow. from people on that call? So even the worst presentation I have ever heard in my life impacted people. How about that? Wow. Right. That's amazing. And was that from a book or a product that she was selling? She was selling some coaching. Some coaching. Just yeah. fantastic. And then the next month, she was fine. She she hyperventilated like twice the next month. And then the month after that, she was fine from then on. Yeah. You've got to get through those fears because you can really change some lives and your own at the same time. Yeah. You know, I used to love being on stage. And, and I remember um, when I first joined the government and the secretary of cabinet was speaking and she would look at the floor and she would mumble. And I thought, you know, that's really not fair in your position to speak like that. Like you really should get some help. I, I really did feel that way because people had to listen to her for like an hour. And, you know, I, I just felt that she should look at her audience once in a while or something. Yeah. But, you know, and, and I understand how, how scary it can be. You know, I do. We are going to go to commercial break. If you're afraid to speak in front of people or you, you're just thinking about all the things that are wrong with you, like I like I do, um, think about it for a moment. When we come back, you'll hear Tanya tell you a bit more about public speaking and why you shouldn't be afraid at all. Love it. Embrace it. Be you. If you want to change the world, tell them about, about it. With Coach Frankie Picasso, we'll continue right after these messages. Stop. Next time your parents or grandparents complain about walking to school uphill both ways, you can tell them about a village in China where getting to school is a real adventure. In the mountainous Sichuan province, children have to get to school from their tiny village of Atular by rappelling, abseiling, and clambering down a 2,500-foot cliff. Using ropes and bamboo ladders to scale this one-half-mile-high brachtumic, the journey is so difficult that the school children, ages 6 to 15, only return home every two weeks. What's the word for the fear of heights? Hypsophobia. A new set of steel stairs is now being considered to help make the journey to school safer. By the way, a brachtumac is a hill so steep it hurts the stomach of anyone who tries to climb it. It's marching I'm Q 
Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hiya, kiddies. Sergeant Mambo here reminding you, you're listening to AstronetRadio.com. Welcome to the News of the Odd. Joined by the sternum connected at the heart. These days, most Siamese twins have the option of attempting surgical separation at birth. But back in the early 1800s, there wasn't a choice for two guys born joined at the hip. Chang and Ng Bunker were the original sideshow Siamese twins. And they were actually joined at the sternum by a piece of cartilage. Their livers were fused together, but each organ worked independently. The Changs developed a killer business model, traveling the world to put themselves on exhibition. They finally settled down in North Carolina of all places and adopted the surname Bunker. They bought slaves, set up a farm, and even got married to two sisters born and raised in North Carolina. For a time, the twins and their wives all shared a bed made for four, but the sisters were prone to bickering, and soon two separate households were set up. The brothers would alternate three nights a week at each home, during which time they were apparently very busy. Chang's wife had ten children, and Ng's wife had eleven. The story of Chang and Ng's death is rather touching. Chang contracted pneumonia and died suddenly in his sleep. Rather than undergo an emergency separation from his dead brother, Ng stuck by Chang's side and passed away three hours after his brother. The twin's liver is preserved in the museum in Pennsylvania. Keep listening to AstronetRadio.com for more news of the odd. Okay, and we're back. We have Tanya Hoffman. We're in, we're in the last legs of our of our journey with her on her unstoppable mission here on Mission Unstoppable. But and I'm so glad that you guys stuck around because you know she really is somebody worth listening to and wanting to be around, especially all that wonderful energy and positivity that that she brings to the world. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, you know, like you do have a lot of humor and you put a lot of fun into your presentations. Are you naturally funny? Well, this is the funny part about being funny, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I always thought, you know, growing up, my parents were like, oh, whatever, Tanya, you know. And so I thought it was funny until I got on stage. And then suddenly, I mean, even I had like Teresa de Grobois, as mentioned earlier, she came up to me and she's like, you need to teach people how to be funny. And I'm like, I'm funny? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and to me, it's just about being real and uh, you know, just letting your quirkiness come out and whatever that is. And again, some people aren't going to like it. Get over yeah. it. I remember the first so- time we, we talked and you, and you showed me a picture of yourself. You said, you wouldn't believe what I used to look like. <laughs> and you showed this picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's reality for you. <laughs> Honey, but you are, you're really funny. And, you know, people love humor and they love to listen to humor on stage. And, you know, is it something that can be taught? Well, I think you got to look at your own personal humor. What do you think is funny? And sometimes just being real is funny to people. Yeah. So to me, when I talk, 
I talk about things and I talk about it in a very real aspect. And a lot of times that comes off as humor, even though I'm really trying to be, you know, like, this is real people. <laughs> this, is, this is for real. Yeah. And I guess that's what, what, what comedians are like that because they talk about real things and, and that are funny. I mean, they go and we, you know, husband and wife went to bed and people laugh. Well, husbands yeah. and wives do that every day, right? Like it's everyday stuff, but it's funny the way it's delivered. Well, so, it's also about stopping. And letting things absorb. So mm-hmm. what happens to a lot of people in front of the room is they start speaking up and they really trying to get everything in and they're just like talking, talking, talking. And you have no time to absorb what someone just said to you. Ah, okay. so about, and for me, I did that. It was horrible. I was like, blah, 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 you know, because I was so nervous. that sure. I was just like, And then you're like, phew, I got it through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, calm down, breathe, you know, don't turn blue. Yeah. They, <laughs> and, you, have to, uh, they, you have to keep them for another 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, right? It's like, yeah. just, just calm down. It's all going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, and sometimes your humor really hits certain groups. It doesn't hit everybody. And that's another thing is, again, don't try to – Hit everybody in the group. Look at that top 25% that already loves you. And that's who you really want to talk to. Yeah. And because I guess different audiences, different, you know, nationalities, different whatever, especially when you're international speaker, uh, humor doesn't always transfer, you know, across, across, I'm going to say state lines. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You know, and like I have a friend who he didn't think he could be a speaker because the poor thing has no personality. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, he, every time he came on my show and everything, it was like he literally does not have one emotional thing on his face. He has a blank face. He barely blinks. He has his monotone voice, but yet the – geeks love him so he started a whole star trek star wars you know comic books he has a show for them and he's like perfect on it so whatever it is median steve somebody who's kind of like that (laughs) yeah yeah just you know go with it (laughs) that's hilarious it does not have a personality whatsoever (laughs) well i want to talk about you know your brag list for a moment you've got your yippee list and you know it's 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 really wonderful because it just, you know, when you're th- when you have those days where you think, oh, I'm not doing anything in the world and people, you know, they don't love me and, and, you know, I should just quit, which I'm sure you never have those days, but you can go to your yippee list and look at all the great stuff that I, I've done, right? Look at it. Wow. I did this and 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 it's never ending and look at all the other stuff I did. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny because when I was creating my website um, and, you know, which was crazy because last night it completely crashed on me. So I had to go and start working on it this morning, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but I was looking at how can I, I show, <laughs> Yeah, right. I was like, how do I show people in my terms? And for me, I'm visual. I'm like, yeah. well, what if I put visuals of where I've spoken and I, you know, don't nearly update it enough, but you know, it gives people a sense of fun, and I think that's where I want people, you know, if they have me come in to speak, you know, I want to make sure that I connect with them and their audience. So right. if if they want a very straight-laced person who's very professional, don't pick me because that's not who I am and I don't want to, to not play resonate. that role. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hear you on that. Now, you know, you, you believe in diversity and diversifying. And I mean, you've got the Speakers Association, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and, you know, you've got a whole bunch of other stuff out there in the world. But you've also got um, it's Boundless now. It's called Boundless. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Boundless is, you know, you talk about diamonds and gold <laughs> and all kind of chocolate. <laughs> I hear you talk about it. What is it? Oh, well, you know, you start looking at reality. And mm-hmm. for most people, most entrepreneurs, they don't have a base income coming in. And I see this with coaches and speakers, especially. So I wanted to find a vehicle that would allow them to bring money in on a consistent basis while they're actually going and doing the things that they want to do and give them massive exposure to national and international opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I don't like it when people put another plate to spin or put another ball in the air and try to juggle it. I try to Velcro it all together. Mm-hmm. And so that's why speaking works so well because it's a great marketing tool for their business. And then I bring in Boundless, which is a brand new network marketing company that we're launching across the U.S. And then we're going to be going into Canada and Vietnam and China and all these other places around the world next year. So that they have an opportunity to get in front of all of those. That's a massive list of people where we're all cross-promoting each other. We show our expertise on what we actually know a lot of. At the same time, we're promoting a product that is by far the best I've ever found. So we have all of these multiple things going on at the exact same time to give us maximum exposure. We could really change lives and guess what people make some money. Yeah. That sounds good. Right. <laughs> so if you want if you're listening and you want to be a part of a boundless, you know, choice, call Tanya, get in touch with her. Tanya, tell us how to get in touch with you. I would love for you to email me. My email is very simple, but you gotta write it down. So it's Tanya T O N Y A at, now get ready for this one, Tanya, T-O-N-Y-A. <laughs> and then this is the tricky part because mm-hmm. my husband's family doesn't know how to spell their last name right. So it's Hoffman with one F, two N. So it's H-O-F like Frank, but one of them, M-A-N-N. So nancynancy.com. Perfect. Tanya at tanyahoffman.com. And you go to www.tanyahoffman.com website and Facebook, and and all of that. And if you want to go to the Speakers Association, um, you can do that. Look it up. You can find out. There's a test there to see if you can be a speaker, or should be, maybe. <laughs> the PublicSpeakersAssociation.com. You can go check that out. Now, there's one other thing I want to talk to you about. and Well, maybe more, but what is Simply Attract? What is that? Um, it's a brand new WordPress plugin that I created. I've had it up on my websites for a long time that I had made myself, and it works mm-hmm. so good. But it helps people gamify their websites. So it simply creates an attraction to your website because most people don't have a way for people to – why would they come to your website? Right. So you put this little game on there, and you can do an assessment or you can do it as a game, and people can actually filter themselves out. So you get rid of the people you don't want and then draw in the people who will love you so it's gamification for your website and so you customize that kind of total custom customization (laughs) total customization and and who customizes it do i do it myself or 
You yeah, we can definitely help you. Um, it's very easy to use. So wow. you and you came up with this yourself. That's amazing. You know, you find what, what people need and you make yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's what my dad always said. You know, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you and you want to like be very successful, just look at what is missing in the marketplace. Like, you yeah. know, being a middleman is okay, but find out what's missing. What are they missing? And and that's where, you know, good things happen for you. And I think that's, that's pretty good advice. Um, so you are the last legs, you know, of, of our of our journey here. We've only got another two minutes left. So let's talk about, you know, what's next on Tanya's list. So you are developing an Asian conference for 2018 to go to Vietnam, Singapore, Hong Kong. Wow. To uh, create leaders throughout the world. Look at you, Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much fun, you know, because you find out how when you start traveling, even across just, you know, the continent, Mm -hmm. you know, you find out how similar we all are and how brilliant people are. And you take that to the world stage and you really see how you can make a big dent and help a lot of people. That's awesome. And do you ever think about that little girl from Texas? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me really wow okay let's do it <laughs> look at me look at me go wow that is so awesome tanya uh i you know you you amaze me and um you're my you know you're my hero you are you really are you're my you're my new hero and and i'm so glad to have met you and i'm so glad that you came on my show today and I'm really, really happy that everybody got to hear you today. And they're going to hear you for a very long time on the Good Radio Network and on Mission Unstoppable Radio. You have been listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. I will be your host next week, too. And my guest today was Tanya Hoffman. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Say goodbye. Bye. And make sure you get in touch with Frankie. She's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. When the chip down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turned defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember, don't, 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 don't stop.